Hey, this is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to take a minute to tell you about POW Audio. Now, POW Audio is going to change your listening experience. You're probably asking yourself, TJ, how is POW Audio going to change my listening experience? Because POW Audio has a revolutionary design, delivers a crystal clear and powerful sound and a collapsible Bluetooth speaker. That's right, collapsible Bluetooth speaker and is designed for ultimate portability. So check out Facebook.com, search POW Audio or on their website, POWAudio.com. That's P-O-W-Audio.com. One more time. that beanie weenie <laughs> hey what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast and welcome to another edition of the state of the saints podcast right here on youtube.com facebook live the audio podcast itunes spotify iheart anchor fm thank you very much for tuning in got a good show lined up for you we're going to be talking about Taysom Hill tonight. That's right, Taysom Hill. We're going to be talking about Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill has been awarded the number two number two quarterback put, uh, spot for the New Orleans Saints, so we're definitely going to be talking about that. Also, we're going to be getting into Alvin Kamara's contract and the pressure and the chip that is on Marcus Davenport's shoulder. But I want to say thank you very much. For tuning in, thank you very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. Special shout out to the chat. I want to say thank you all for spending uh, your time with yours truly. I uh, want to give a special shout out to Saints Nation. Uh, Randy, Tyra, Brandon, Sheets, Jerry Poor is in the building. Uh, Vic Boy is in the building. John, thank you very much. Uh, I want to say thank you all. I see Shamika is in here. Jamika got uh shamika and jamika up in this thing <laughs> but thank y'all very much uh but we're going to be talking about Taysom hill tonight we're going to be talking about Taysom hill of course he is now the number two quarterback of the new orleans saints and we're going to be answering the question are we surprised that this happened uh me personally i'm not i'm not surprised that Taysom hill is the number two quarterback uh i had john DeShazer on the show and he talked about that he said that he felt Taysom Hill would be the number two quarterback because Taysom Hill uh, has been in the Saints system for the last three years. And there's also a package designed for Taysom Hill. And the fact that there were no OTAs, no minicamp for Jameis Winston to develop as a quarterback in the Saints system, uh, it kind of hurt him. And it was a surprise to absolutely nobody. Definitely wasn't a surprise to me. Now, the real question is, 
how long will this be? Will this be for the remainder of the season or is it going to be, you know, halfway there? Because, okay, Taysom Hill right now going into week one, he's the backup quarterback. Look, I mean, no harm, no foul, right? We know Jameis Winston can be a starter in the NFL. Yes, he threw for 30 interceptions last season, but he did throw for 5,000 yards. And uh, John Deshays, I mean, he ran and raved over the arm strength and the ability that Jameis Winston has when it comes to throwing the football. So it probably won't last all season. I just think that it's just because Taysom Hill understands the Saints offense. So it would only be right for Taysom Hill to be the backup quarterback to Drew Brees. Now, the question is, there's another question. Will Jameis Winston come back next year to try to compete for the starting job, if Drew Brees retires, which I feel like he is, I feel like Drew Brees is going to retire. Taysom Hill is uh, going to be the guy that maybe Sean Payton feels could be his replacement if Jameis doesn't come back. But if Jameis is a competitor, like I know he is, if I know Jameis, uh, and probably he can put himself in some elite money. Um, you know, he can put himself in the elite position if he comes back to New Orleans Saints, because if you're the number three quarterback, that means that you're not even going to see the field. So nobody is going to back up the Brinks truck to your house, Jameis, if you don't come back. I mean, you might be playing for the league minimum, especially since we all see, unless your name is Chase Daniels <laughs> or Josh McCown, <laughs> or, I mean, nobody's going to throw you anything nobody's going to give you anything right i mean we look at cam newton cam newton playing for about two million out there in new england and i think if i'm not mistaken james is playing for about a million so nobody's going to back up the brink truck to your house unless you can prove that you have overcome your turnover woes and if drew Brees doesn't get hurt we won't see james we this the question will never be answered the only thing we will have is his 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers resume, okay? The 5,000 yards, the 30 touchdowns, but the 30 turnovers as well. So I feel like Jameis has a lot to prove, all right? So this might this might not be over, folks. This might not be just a one and done. This might be one of those cases where Jameis comes back and proves to the world that he belongs in the NFL, and it also might be beneficial to us because we all know the ability that Jameis has. The problem is, can he get over those turnover woes? Because if he does, then we might be talking about a guy that can lead a team to a Super Bowl. But I want to say thank you very much once again uh, for tuning in. Shouts out to uh, Jameis Winston, who donated $5. Says, I got to say that the State of the Saints podcast fan base is the most a pathetic bunch of losers I ever seen. I don't want to play for y'all anyway. Well, thank you very much for the $5, Jameis. I really do appreciate it. You donating $5 to this pathetic fan base. But I was I must say that uh, I have to disagree with you, Jameis, because we all know that the New Orleans Saints fan base is one of the best fan bases of all time. And I'm pretty sure this probably came from a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, a, a, a fan base that is so damn fair-weathered it's just absolutely ridiculous. All of a sudden, you all are popping up in New Orleans Saints and NFC South groups like y'all run the show, as if the guy that is your quarterback right now 
won six Super Bowls with you all. Let's just focus on reality here. You guys have not been to the playoffs in over a decade. You guys are the laughing stock of the NFL. Don't forget that you guys went 0-26, okay, when you first came into the National Football League. And even though, you know what I'm saying, y'all y'all won a Super Bowl, you know, just like the Saints did, we must admit that the Saints have been your daddy for the last decade. So until you actually show what you can you have on the field, okay? We're not playing Madden here. We're not simulating the season because if we were simulating the season, then I'd be a little bit nervous. I'll be shaking in my boots. But as of right now, the Saints are the three-time NFC South champions. They have represented the NFC, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, NFC South in the playoffs, and they have been one of the best teams in the, in the NFL for over the past three years, the best record. Tampa Bay, I need y'all to catch up. So I understand y'all happy. You're saying hooray because right now y'all stack the deck. You got a 43-year-old quarterback. You got Leonard Fournette. You got Gronk, who was the 24-7 champion in WWE. And you got two wide receivers that are respectable. But at the end of the day, we play between the lines. And right now, you guys haven't done a damn thing. All right? Until you do something that is tangible, that we can actually see, and not read, don't come for the New Orleans Saints because for the last few years, we all can agree that the Saints have been your daddy. As a matter of fact, the NFC South as a whole has been your daddy. Okay, so pump the brakes. Understand, Skip Bayless and the crew have y'all going to the Super Bowl. That's fine. That's all fine and dandy. But like I said, we play between the lines. And when you play between the lines, I mean, there's no disputing that. But the Saints have dominated, and you go, you guys haven't been, you guys haven't been to the playoffs. Let me see. This, this is crazy. The last time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to the playoffs, I was just about to graduate from college. Real talk. About the was two thousand and eight, if I'm not mistaken. That's the last time y'all been to the playoffs. I was just going to the student union to pick up my cap and gown. Okay, really excited. Hoping that one of my teachers who used to hate on every senior would pass us in order for me to graduate. That's what I was thinking about at that time. That's the last time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually went to the playoffs. Okay. And I mean, for those that may not know, I mean, I haven't been in college for about about 12 years now. So catch up, Tampa Bay. Catch up. But thank you very much for the $5. I really do appreciate that. Uh, let's go. Uh, Kimberly says, I'm weak, TJ. Go on, TJ. <laughs> uh, get him. Hey, I gotta get him. I gotta get him. If you're gonna come on the State of the Saint podcast, you're gonna disrespect the State of the Saint podcast. Who that nation? You better come with it. You better come with it. Don't come with what everybody else saying. Don't come at me with no Skip Bayless tape. Don't come with me with no Colin Cowherd tape. Come with me with something that's actual and factual and not something that you can find on Madden, okay? Like I said, if we are playing Madden, I'll be a tad bit nervous. If I'm simulating going franchise mode offline, then I'll be like, oh, snap. I hope the Saints win it all. But we're not playing Madden, are we? And right now, you guys are a team that looks good on paper but have not done a damn thing. All right, let's, let's keep it 100 here. 
He's not leaving the Saints, and I believe he could bring a title to New Orleans. Tampa wasn't set up for him to win there. New Orleans does. Shamika, I absolutely agree with that. The no risk it, no biscuit type mentality that Bruce Arians possess, not running a football, throwing a ball all over the place, Mr. Seven-Step Drop himself has been the Achilles heel of a lot of quarterbacks. Carson Palmer has led the league in interceptions under Bruce Arians. Uh, Andrew Luck has led the NFL in interceptions. Also, Peyton Manning. So the thing about it is, Sean Payton is going to take Jameis, and he is going to play to Jameis' strengths. And Jameis has something in New Orleans that Tampa never had. They have it now, and crazy as this sounds, why does it take Jameis to leave in order for y'all to try to get this? But they actually have a running game. Jameis never had a running game as long as he's been in Tampa. Now, he had Doug Martin for a couple years, but the muscle hamster, as good as he was, he always stayed hurt. So Jameis always was the guy. Jameis was the guy that had to lead the team to the promised land, and there was nothing that complimented him. With the Saints, you got Kamara, you got Murray, you got Washington, you got Ty Montgomery. You got all these guys that can run the football, tote the mail. So Jameis doesn't have to put all the pressure on himself to succeed. So I think with that, Jameis – can learn how to be a better quarterback because we all know if a quarterback has a complimentary running game to his skill set, that's a recipe for success. So I'm interested to see how Jameis will perform with a running game because not since he's been at Florida State with Dalvin Cook and a guy that I really do not care for, Devontae Freeman, you know, well, not Delvin Cook, but he was with Devontae Freeman. Delvin Cook came later on. Devontae Freeman, I mean, they was pretty good. So, yeah, there it is. Tyrell Davis says, Brady lost arm strength. I don't know what anybody uh, says, not even Skip Bayless. He makes me cringe. He doesn't hold Brady to the same standard as LeBron, and it's annoying. Uh, Tyrell, uh, one thing I will say, uh, no disrespect to LeBron because I like LeBron. Um, as a player and as a philanthropist and as a leader, you know what I'm saying, some of these social issues. Tom Brady has the hardware. Six Super Bowl championships, okay? Scott's the Michael Jordan of the NFL. Like, we may not want to admit that, but we got to call a spade a spade. Six championships, okay? So I don't even feel like LeBron and Tom Brady are in the same – I don't even think they're in the same room. No disrespect to LeBron, but they're not, okay? But I will say this. Tom Brady is 43 years old, and I feel like a lot of people aren't really giving Bill Belichick the credit for putting teams around Tom Brady in order for Tom Brady to succeed. Tom Brady isn't one of those guys who used to just ball out game in, game out. There was some times where you'll look at running backs like, I don't know, Buck Halter, uh, you know what I'm saying, like people like, you know what I'm saying, like Kevin Falk. I'm going back in the days. People like, you know what I'm saying? Like those guys who used to run the football at times when they probably went up against teams that were sorry against the run. And then you had Tom Brady. If a team was sorry against the pass, he can throw the football all over the place. But you got to give credit to Bill Belichick for changing the scheme week after week. 
I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to the fact that Bruce Arians, <laughs> I hate to say it, but he's not that bright to a point where he can change up the defense and the offense from week to week. Bill Belichick used to like write stuff down, ball it up the next week after it's not even used anymore. He used to change the schemes up from week to week. And I feel like with that, it helped Brady. It helped Brady uh, stand out and people aren't giving Belichick his credit, man, for doing what he needed to do. Not signing all these uh, guys back to his team after they have, you know, say huge years. Going out here recycling players year after year, counting on the Wonder League test to, to get him players. Guys that can be smart, that can change the scheme from week to week. I don't think people are giving Bill Belichick credit for being a great coach. They're putting it all on Brady because he's out there on the field. Bruce Arians. Once again, no risk it, no biscuit type quarterback. What's going to happen when that no risk it, no biscuit doesn't work for Tom Brady from week to week? It'd be interesting to see. Uh, interesting to see, nonetheless. I'm, I'm just being real. Uh, Stains Nation, thank you very much for the three ninety nine. He says, "Hey man, I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate that, but." You all make the podcast what it is. Um, everything that you all do from donating to the podcast, from tuning in, from liking, the sharing, the commenting, you all make the podcast. Um, anybody that's new to the podcast, that's how we do it, man. You know, I get behind this, uh, I get behind this cam, you know, I read your comments, you all make the podcast. You know, man, that's what that's what I've been telling you all the whole entire time. I mean, you all are the driving force of this podcast okay so thank you saints nation thank you man and I, I really do appreciate it and once again uh i encourage everybody to please check out the audio podcast okay check out the audio podcast subscribe uh to itunes spotify iheart anchor fm uh whatever you get your podcast or wherever you got your streaming app i know a lot of people listen to music on spotify iheart but I'm just saying, whatever streaming app, please take the time, take two seconds to search the State of the Saints podcast and follow. We really are trying to build uh, the audio podcast. Really are. Thank you. Jameis is good to back up Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean, he's not ready yet. You know, put him back in the oven. He's not ready. I mean, it's hard to for a quarterback to come in and learn the Saints offense. It's hard. It's tough, right? Taysom knows the offense. He's been in offense for the last three going on four years. So I think that it's the right decision to make. Rather you like Taysom or not, and I know a lot of people, oh, man, he only had 15 passing attempts. Man, he a Swiss Army knife. He ain't ready for the show. Look, man, Taysom understands the offense, so Taysom should be the guy. Okay, I mean, it's plain and simple. It's not to say that this is going to be a long-term solution. But as of right now, if I was a coach, if I was Sean Payton, I definitely would have Taysom on the field. Not a bad idea. My guy Tro says, thank you, TJ, for being a voice for us. Hey, that's what I got to be, man. Thank you very much for the $5, Tro. I really do appreciate that. And let me put it on the screen so everybody can see it. Thank you very much, man. Look. I love doing this show. It's no surprise to anybody. For those that are new, I was born and raised in New Orleans. Um, I stay in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You know, I'm a radio personality out here. But 
I bleed black and gold, and I'm definitely from New Orleans, man. Born and raised in the Ninth Ward, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm about as New Orleans as a hot sausage on French dress, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, uh, you know, I love uh, doing this show. Uh, this show is really taking off. Uh, I've I had opportunity to interview Super Bowl champions, uh, people that are part of the Saints media, people that are on the NFL network, and it's all because of you all, you know? And, and that's what I, I, I strive for, to make this show the best, man, the best show possible for you all, you know, for you to all to have interactions and, and be able to talk to people, you know, that are part of, you know, making the Saints, uh, you know what I'm saying, news uh, relevant, you know. We had John DeShazer on the show today. John DeShazer, I mean, man, it, it's just amazing, man. Y'all just don't know. Y'all just don't know how much of a blessing it is to uh, be able to do something that you're passionate about and actually have people out there who support you, you know, I, I really do appreciate that, man. I, I really do. But you all make this show what it is. Andrea Rojas. That's funny because one of uh, my uh, customers said that today, he said he's been a Brady fan since he was little and Brandy, uh, a Brady, excuse me, wanted to be in control. So he's going to <laughs> go to a new team to feel like he's in control. They will cater to him, which makes sense. I mean, he he's earned it, Kim. I mean, we have to admit. And what my and, and let me see what uh Andrea uh Andriana said. Andriana, uh, she says Brady uh really gonna be uh coaching the books, and Bruce will be his student. <laughs> but let me, oh yeah, but let me uh, speaking to Adriana. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Adriana. I think she's out in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. She asked me a question maybe like a couple weeks ago. But I, I just want to make sure that I answer this question since, you know what I'm saying, I see her in the chat. Uh, she talked about Mark Ingram, man. She, she's, a, you know, see, like she's a big fan of Mark Ingram. And she asked, like, you know, what was the issue about Mark Ingram, him not coming back, Latavius Murray? I just want to make this very, very clear, okay? Mark Ingram and his representation is the reason why Mark Ingram is no longer with the Saints. Mark Ingram wanted, I think, if I'm not mistaken, $5 million a year, right? He wanted a two-year, $10 million contract, at least from the Saints, three to $15 million, okay? His agent advised him not to answer the phone for the New Orleans Saints. That, that's what was said, okay? When Sean Payton called Mark Ingram, okay, he called Mark Ingram and tried to negotiate a contract, talk to him, to tell him, man, we want you in New Orleans. We don't want you to leave. Mark Ingram did not answer the phone, okay? He did not answer the phone for Sean Payton, which is a big no-no, right? So the Saints, because Mark didn't answer the phone, they signed Latavius Murray and Mark Ingram, who wanted to play hardball, end up going to Baltimore, and he still didn't get the $5 million that he was asking for. He only got 4.7. And Latavius Murray got 4.5. So you packed up your entire family for $200,000 more than what the Saints were going to give you. And I'm pretty sure if you probably negotiated, the Saints would have gave you that. So that's the reason why the Saints had to move on from Mark Ingram to get 
Latavius Murray. It wasn't the fact that the Saints didn't want Mark Ingram. It wasn't the fact that the Saints didn't want to negotiate with Mark Ingram. It was the fact that his agent wanted Mark to play hardball, and it backfired. But I think, uh, me, me personally, I think both sides won. Latavius Murray has not been used the way that he should have been used in the New Orleans Saints offense. Every time he answers, uh, I mean, every time his name is called, he answers, okay? And Mark Ingram is doing an outstanding job in Baltimore. Both sides are winning. So I don't have an issue with that at all. But I just wanted to make sure that I answer Adriana's uh, question. And I wanted to make sure that she was here for that. But Adriana, thank you so much. Shouts out to you and your family. Thank you so much, you know, for tuning in and, and uh, you know, and being a, you know, being a, a viewer of the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate that. Uh, Shamika also says, y'all about to see why uh, that's been Belichick running that show the whole time. No disrespect to Brady, but y'all about to see. Brady is 43 years old, Shamika. People aren't paying attention to that because they, they are so used to him in a Belichick offense being successful. But I don't think people are giving Belichick the credit for being a great coach. They're not. It's crazy to me how everybody, Brady, 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 oh, Brady, Brady, bow down to him. Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, but nobody is paying this guy any attention. Look, I often say I wasn't old enough to understand the greatness of a Bill Walsh during the 80s run of the San Francisco 49ers. I wasn't old enough or even alive to see the greatness of a Don Shula in the Miami Dolphins. Bill Belichick, in my time, is the greatest coach of all time. And nobody is paying attention to him at all. At all. Everybody just think, oh, Brady, Brady, Brady is Brady. This guy, rather you want to talk about the flake gate, bounty gate, 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 whatever gate, you know what I'm saying? Kevin Gates. I can give not a damn. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. The way that he can change up his schemes from week to week to cater to what his team actually needs to do against an opponent is absolutely outstanding. And I know uh, Brady has won six Super Bowls. He was the quarterback. But to me, this is like, when Doug Collins was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls and the Bulls couldn't get over the hump. But when they signed Phil Jackson with Michael Jordan and Pippen, they were able to win those championships. I don't think you would see the greatness of Michael Jordan and Pippen if Doug Collins was the coach. But Phil was there and Phil was able to deal with the egos and create the triangle, uh, you know what I'm saying, the triangle in order to bring to Chicago in order for them to win. Bill Belichick is the Phil Jackson of the National Football League. And I think a lot of people are going to realize how great he is. And Brady is going to find out how, you know, how, man, how important he was to his success, you know. That's just me. 
Brady about to get all the calls. Look, I'm not going to say that Brady is not going to be able to win some games. You don't play 20 years in National Football League and not be able to win games. There's not a defense that a, that a team can bring to Tom Brady. And Tom Brady won't be able to understand what they're trying to do to him. Okay? This is what I think the Saints are going to do in week one. Let's go ahead and talk about it. The Saints are going to have to make sure that they disguise a lot of stuff. They're going to, I'm talking about, they're going to have to be the master of disguise in order for them to try to manipulate Tom Brady. They're going to have to wait to the very end in order for them to get in position to make plays. That I mean, that's just the truth. Because Tom Brady has seen it all and he has done it all. And it is going to be tough for the Saints to try to throw something at Tom that he hasn't seen. So I will give him credit for that. You don't be around 20 years and haven't seen your fair share of defenses. Ingram and Kamara was a good combination for our Saints. But truth be told, Ingram didn't show up in the playoffs when needed to. Uh, look, I'm not going to – look, I understand. You say he didn't show up in the playoffs. But Mark Ingram, the first couple of years of him being in a Saints uniform, a lot of people washed their hands with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram changed the narrative and became one of the favorites of the New Orleans Saints towards the tail end of his Saints career. And Mark Ingram, who spent like four weeks and, you know, he was uh, suspended for four weeks, came back, motivated, ready to run, and he did an outstanding job for the Saints. They were a good combination. But I'm not going to sit up here and say that Latavius Murray can be a good complimentary, uh, you know, running back to Alvin Kamara. I don't think that Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara are not a good fit. I think they are a really good fit. I think that the New Orleans Saints need to utilize Latavius Murray more. I feel like Sean Payton's issue is the fact that he feels like if he doesn't sign a guy and he is not quote unquote his guy, I feel like he doesn't use him. Latavius Murray, if you look at his stats, folks, I encourage you to look at his stats. He and Mark Ingram's stats are virtually identical virtually identical like <laughs> i mean so they did a really good job bringing latavius in because La- latavius gives you the same type of production as a mark ingram now mark ingram to me the one thing that i feel like mark ingram has that latavius doesn't is his ability to want to prove People wrong. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. I don't think Latavius does that. Mark plays as if he wants to be a Hall of Famer. Latavius, to me, plays as if he's good. I mean, it's it's like this, right? Latavius Murray is Danny Green, okay, if you watch basketball. Mark Ingram is Ray Allen, all right? Ray Allen is a great three-point shooter, but Ray Allen wants to be a Hall of Famer. Danny Green is a great three-point shooter, but he's just a role player. That is what I see out of those two. But at the same time, if you're jacking up threes, I mean, a three is a three, right? So 
I don't feel like Latavius Murray can't do what Mark Ingram did, okay? Mark Ingram probably more motivated to do it, but I'm not going to say Latavius can't. And I feel like he can be a good complimentary if Sean Payton uses him. I mean, come on, man. Give me a break. 12 carries in the playoffs. This is a guy when Alvin Kamara went down. When Alvin went down, he answered the bell. 109 yards against the Bears, 102. 102 against the Arizona Cardinals, 159 yards from scrimmage in those games. Look, I understand who that nation, out of sight, out of mind, but I think we need to put a little bit more respect on Latavius Murray's name than we've been giving him. And we have to understand that it's not, for those that are very skeptical about Latavius Murray, it's not anything that Latavius Murray has done. It's what Sean Payton is not doing with Latavius Murray. That's just my opinion. They lost to the Eagles, and Tom Brady set the all-time passing record in a, in a Super Bowl. Defense lost the Eagles Super Bowl. Uh, defense lost the Eagles Super Bowl. Oh, uh, Double A. Uh, Shouts out to Double A, man. I know he a Buccaneers fan, but um, yeah, man. That I mean, Tom Brady turned over the football. Let let man, come on. If we're gonna tell the story, tell it all. Okay, this was a back and forth Super Bowl. Both, I mean, defenses couldn't stop a nosebleed, but was it Nigel Branham, if I'm not mistaken? Crazy as that sound. Nigel Branham was the one that actually forced the fumble on Tom Brady. The same Tom Brady is going to uh, be starting week one for the Buccaneers. I mean, Tom Brady turned over the football. I think Nigel Branham is the guy who forced the fumble. So, yeah. I mean, but, man, look. If you're an offensive-minded person, you would have loved that Super Bowl because nobody couldn't stop nobody defensively. They couldn't stop a nosebleed in that game. Facts, that's how you beat Tampa. Uh, our defense got to bang him up all throughout the game. Who that? Yeah, you got to get pressure on Tom Brady. You got to put the uh, the pressure in his face. Uh, he gets to get a, a tad bit skittish, kind of like Drew Brees. Uh, when you bring the pressure to him, you know, trying to get the ball out. It messes with his timing. It disrupts him. If you do that, then it's going to be a long day. But, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done an outstanding job fixing the offensive line, man. Look, anybody that follows the State of Saints podcast, y'all already know, man. Look, I don't sugarcoat. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Saints fan through and through, but I also have to tell who they nation, what the Saints are up against. They fixed the offensive line. And you have guys that can get separation within three seconds, okay? And when I, I'm saying three seconds because Tom Brady can't get the ball out of his hands with a three-step drop. So it's not like it's going to be an easy task, man. This is not going to be an easy game. That's absolutely correct, my friend. Uh, Shouts out to Keith. Ricky says, I like Murray. I just think he doesn't get a lot of opportunities, I feel. Ricky, that's the absolute truth. He doesn't does not get opportunities and i feel like if he does get the opportunities then we will love him in a who that nation he will get the respect he deserves belichick let the backups uh do that to him yeah man i mean i double a you probably talking about the fact that malcolm butler uh didn't play in the game um you know what i'm saying him you know a lot of people feel like belichick sabotaged the game 
against the Eagles in the Super Bowl? I don't think so. You're right, TJ. Sean Payton got to feel Latavius Murray the ball more because uh, he's your power back. I agree. Look, I feel like Alvin Kamara uh, does possess certain power, okay? I feel like he can break tackles. He's extremely elusive. He has great balance for a running back. But Latavius Murray, who is six foot one or two, about 225 pounds, he leans forward, gives you three yards. And I feel like Latavius Murray, I often say here on the State of the Saints podcast, he's the bridesmaid. He's never been a bride. I don't know why. I don't know why, you know what I'm saying, teams don't want to lean and depend on Latavius Murray. You know, I don't know why they don't look at him as a starter. I do. But once again, he has been a bridesmaid, never been a bride. Cam got a face off time like he's Matt Ryan. You know, Cam uh, can't stand Matt Ryan, literally. That's why when he uh, sees Cam, he just falls down. <laughs> I don't want to say they can't stand each other. You know, I just think that Matt Ryan, you know, and I mean, they play on different teams. And Cam Jordan uh, spoke about Matt Ryan before. He said, I can't believe that me and Matt don't have a better relationship. The fact that we, you know, We've uh, seen each other, you know, so many times. So maybe I don't think he has animosity towards him or anything like that. I don't. I still think our D-line better than our O-line. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I feel like there's a good balance right there, teacher. Um, I feel like there's a good balance. Um, Yes, you have young guys coming in. I mean, you got Cesar Ruiz. You got Eric McCoy. Uh, But... I feel like both sides are really, really good. And they're only going to get better with repetition as weeks go by. You might see a little bit of some growing pains uh, because Cesar Ruiz, no OTAs, no mini camp, no rookie camp, no nothing like that. But I think that you're going to see as as time goes on, as weeks go on, you're going to see him get acclimated, being on the offensive line. I think you're going to see a really stout offensive line. As far as the defensive line, if they stay healthy, sky's the limit. But it's all about staying healthy. I think Antoine Warfield Jr. is going to be defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I think he's a really good good player. I watched him at uh, Minnesota. Uh, man, I watched a lot of Minnesota games because they were actually pretty good in the Big Ten this season. I watched Antoine Warfield. I think that... Uh, I mean, we all know what his dad did for the Vikings. Uh, he's a smart guy. You know, he's a smart guy, instinctive guy. Uh, I think that uh, he's probably going to have some growing pains, man, uh, playing in NFC South, going up against experienced quarterbacks. Uh, but I do agree um, that he can be in the running for defensive rookie of the year. So, I mean, we got to be a, be on the lookout for him. He's a, he's a smart guy, man. I think that the defense – of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to uh, really be counting on him to make plays. We will be all right on a Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. Kim says our defense will win the game for us. I hope so. I, I really hope so. I think the addition of Malcolm Jacobs is going to help us out, uh, Kim, um, because uh, now that you have a guy in the secondary, uh, you have a guy like Marcus Williams can play free. He can play free now. You know, he don't have to worry about somebody like a PJ Williams or, you know, somebody like Von Bell being out of position and him having to make up for, uh, you know, 
the shortcomings of, of his counterparts. I think he can play free. I think we're going to see the best of Marcus Williams. I'm, I'm interested to see how Marcus Williams, with the addition of Malcolm Jenkins, is going to play. Jameis will never make good decisions, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, look, Double A, you got to be real with yourself, man. Uh, Lovey Schmidt, when he was drafted, Dirk Cutter uh, midway through his career, and then uh, you got Bruce Arians. I mean, offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, it's hard for a guy to develop some type of system when you got guys going in and out like a revolving door. So I feel like what the Saints do better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number one, they don't put the pressure on just one person, all right? They don't do that. As much as we love Drew Brees, all the pressure is not on Drew Brees to succeed. The pressure is on Alvin Kamara. The pressure is on Michael Thomas. The pressure is on Jerry Cook. The pressure is on the offensive line. The pressure is on the defensive line. When you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the pressure was on the first overall pick coming out of Florida State in 2015. When you're first overall pick, you are the guy. Teams count on you to be the guy. Fan bases count on you to be the guy. Lead us. Bring us to where we need to be. That has always been what Jameis Winston has been about. But when you come to the New Orleans Saints, you have an offense. You can be a complementary piece to several other pieces on the team. And I'm not just saying that now that he's with the New Orleans Saints. I'm saying it because it's true. Double A, you got to be serious, man. You got to be real with yourself. Jameis Winston, for the exception of maybe like the first year and a half, that's the only time he had a running game. He never had a running game. You all's running game has been running back by committee. Nothing that was stable. And you counted on a passing game to get you everywhere that you needed to be. Jameis Winston now can sit back and kind of analyze the game and know that, hey, I ain't got to do all this on my own. All I got to do is make them the right reads. We have a running game to back me up and we can be successful. Versus being in Tampa, I got to throw the ball 40 plus times a game. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's very, very tough. So, I'm not saying that he, I mean, you may be right. Like this might be one of those situations years from now, double A, or even a couple months from now, you can be like, I told you so TJ, and I will concede. But as of right now, I feel like I have not seen a, a quarterback with all the right pieces in place in order for him to succeed. And, and as big of a Buccaneers fan, you may be, you have to be real with yourself. There's very little change that has taken place in Tampa that can help out a young quarterback like Jameis Winston. And when you get in your mind like, well, they're not trying to help me. I got to help myself. That's when mistakes happen. That's when the 30 interceptions happen because you're not counting on other parts to lead you or help you make this team a cohesive and, and, and a, you know what I'm saying, and a, and a a running engine is all on you okay and just like a car you know what i'm saying like you need all the parts in order for your car to run okay 
you need that radiator, okay? If you don't have that radiator, the car is going to overheat, okay? You might be able to ride, start it up, keep it going for a little minute, but you need that radiator. A quarterback needs a running game. He needs a defense. He needs to be able to learn how to be a pro. I don't feel like Jameis really had that chance in Tampa. I don't. We are loaded with weapons in the backfield. Yeah, as long as they stay healthy, John, we should be okay. The hopeful elect says uh, a, Win a Winston Saints is better than a Hill Saints. Uh, needs, uh, okay, needs to do the gadget thing and continue to be 10 different weapons for us. Look, I can't I can't agree with that, hopeful. I can't agree with that because I'm not going to sit up here and put a guy in a box when a guy hasn't shown me everything in his arsenal, okay? Taysom Hill, for the times that he has thrown the ball down the field, and I'm just talking about last season, we've seen that incredible tiptoe Chris Carter-like catch by Michael Thomas. We've seen uh, Michael Thomas move the ball down the field for about 23 yards. And then we've seen uh, Deontay Harris catch the ball for 55 yards. That's Taysom Hill not being in that Swiss Army knife role. So I'm not going to sit up here and say Taysom Hill is just Swiss Army. The fact is we put him in that box as being a Swiss Army because we have not seen anything except for 15 passes. We cannot do that, folks. Drew Brees has been our quarterback for the past 15 years. They have there has been very few quarterbacks with McCown and Bridgewater who has had starts. And I guess you can throw Mark Brudel in there, you know, during the 2009 Super Bowl run. Guys have actually started over Drew Brees. So in, in that regard, we're a little bit spoiled and, and, and we don't have that, that, that certain view of other quarterbacks. He is a guy who I feel like the book has not been written just yet on, okay? I feel like anybody that's writing a book on Taysom Hill, uh, you know, you still got a little bit, a few more chapters to read because you cannot sit up here and just say, oh, well, he's just a gadget guy. It's not like, this isn't like a, a you know, a, a quarterback controversy. This is like Steve Young, Joe Montana back in the day. This isn't like, uh, Kurt Warner, Eli Manning in 2003. This isn't a quarterback controversy. Drew Brees has been the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints for years. So how can we sit up here and just say, Taysom is a Swiss Army Knight quarterback and that's it? We've had nothing but good production at the quarterback position for 15 years. 15. For 15 years, we have had great quarterback play. Not good, great, elite quarterback play. Top 10 quarterback play, top three quarterback play. So anybody that's saying that Taysom Hill isn't a guy, I feel like that's not fair to Taysom. Now, if Drew Brees retires and he's no longer here and Sean says, hey, Taysom, uh, go out here. We're going to let you be Drew Brees' successor. We're going to let you start week one. Show us what you got, champ. He goes out there, lay an egg. Then we can say, Nah, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it. Wrong week five, week six. Nah, man, I don't think that's it. Maybe need to go in another direction. It's not fair for us to grade Taysom Hill on 15 passing attempts. And it's definitely not fair for us to say, well, he only had 15 passing attempts. Now, once again, 
We had elite quarterback play. So why in the hell would you want Taysom Hill throwing the ball in the first place? Is it this isn't like Ryan Fitzpatrick out in, 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 in Miami, right? Plays good for about two games, uh bringing Josh Rosen. This is not it. This is great quarterback play. So how are we judging Taysom? And I'm not even like I'm not the biggest Taysom Hill fan, but I will concede to say we need to get this guy a chance. And that's why I all often say we in a who that nation, we are so quick to label guys. We'll label them, we'll label them bust, we'll label them not the guy, we'll label them not good, a good fit defensively, not good fit for the team. But I think we need to sit back and, and, and evaluate things and be like, well. What was he up against? Well, what were they asking him to do? Well, who was the defensive coordinator? Well, what was his strengths? What was his weaknesses? What did he do from week to week? We don't do that. I feel like we're prisoners of the moment, and right now, 15 passing attempts, and we're like, ah, he's not the guy. What do you expect? Do you expect to him for him to play so well that Sean's like, nah, Drew, go on the bench? Because then – you will have fire uh, uh, torches and pitchforks coming out because we don't want to bend Drew, right? So it's not fair. We can't label Taysom Hill just yet. I feel like we have to judge him once Drew Brees is gone or if something was to happen to Drew Brees, I'm knocking on wood right now, and he comes into the game. Not fair. Not fair to him. Uh, Jameis is not uh, not that good. We only got it for the cheap price. There was nobody on the market that would come to New Orleans. Uh, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think there were several uh, players that could have came to New Orleans. Uh, T-Draw, I apologize. I apologize. You say you're a guy. I apologize for that. Uh, but back to the Jameis. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But back to the Jameis statement. Uh, there there were several quarterbacks that could have came here, and there are several quarterbacks that the Saints could have gotten. So maybe he's not that good, but I mean he's here now, and let's just see what he has. As long as Winston don't come out trying to eat W's, yeah, I, I think so. Look, Jameis can write the narrative, right? Jameis can be the guy that we just constantly laugh at, or he can be the guy that we name, you know some crab legs after, right? <laughs> I mean, how ironic is this? Let's just, uh, for, just for a second, how ironic is this, okay? The guy that is known for taking crab legs out of a store comes to a city and plays for a city that is known for seafood, such as crab legs. I mean, I just feel like that's just ironic right there. I mean, I, I promise you, Jameis comes – and he plays well, somebody is going to name some crab legs after him, okay? And it's going to be one of the funniest days <laughs> ever. Uh, but, TJ, I, I apologize, you know. Um, I, I apologize. Jameis or Winston only came to New Orleans for cheap price. There was no quarterback out there on the market that we could have got uh, that top dollar. We're not paying a, a third, uh, three-quarter bath big money. Um I don't know, man. You know, I just feel like he's a he's bruh, he's a he's a the Saints have the best quarterback room in football. I, I look, I don't think anybody can disagree with that. 
between Breeze, Taysom, and Winston, you got two 5,000-yard passing quarterbacks in your quarterback room. Unbelievable. Rather you like uh, Jameis or not. TJ, did you watch BYU football? No, I am a Mormon, and I love Taysom at BYU, but he was a walking Jameis Winston in his last season, and he threw 14 interceptions. Who that nation? Yes, I did watch Taysom Hill, but here's the thing. Taysom Hill offense sucked. His wide receivers couldn't get separation at all. And they ran an option. Who the hell running an option? Wait, what was it, like 2014, 2015? Like, what, what are we doing here? Is Tommy Frazier from Nebraska out here? Huh? Is, is uh, who was that? I can't think of his name. Oh, my goodness, man. I actually like this guy. Scott Frost. He's actually head coach right now. Is Scott Frost out there for Nebraska? Ain't nobody running a veer no more. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the rambling wreck out there at Georgia Tech. But this is what this guy ran. Okay? For the most part, man, they were out there running an option. And, man, those guys suck. Like, yes, I did see him play. Also, I mean, Taysom Hill was pretty doggone good in college. But running a vid in, in the 2010s? Like, what are we doing here? Okay? I'm just saying, man. And, and, we, can't, and we can't do that, man. We can't do that. We can't evaluate a guy from college and just be like, man, that's how you're going to be in the pros. Because if that was the case, the guy that we are going up against, will we even be talking about him? Would he have gotten an opportunity to show the world that he can win six Super Bowls? Because Greasy uh, was the was the quarterback at Michigan and Tom Brady was sitting on the bench holding the clipboard. So we can't always just say, oh, because this guy was in college and what he did in college and – Nah, man, because guys can come to the pros and they can exceed expectations. So, like I said, I am not going to sit up here and evaluate a guy what he did in college and say that he can be the same guy in the pros. Sometimes it's about players. Sometimes it's about schemes. Sometimes it's just about, you know, the changing of the coaches from year to year. I don't know what it is, but I, I like Taysom in college. And like I said, running a veer. What, what what is this? What who is that? Nuke Rotney out here? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, what what are we doing out there? Is Paul Brown out there? <laughs> you know, like, is he coaching uh BYU? Like, give me a break. Nobody run the Veer no more. Like, nobody runs the Veer as their primary offense. They might have some Veer in there. They might throw some Veer in there, but the Veer every play. Stop it. Fit. I mean, come on, man. The Veer. The Titans game, uh, we got robbed. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably did. But, hey, just like Reggie Bush haters. Um, Hold on. Whoa, I missed something. We already had quarterbacks. I don't know. I, I don't know what the Reggie Bush. You got to, uh, Ernest, let me know what you meant by Reggie Bush haters. Straight facts, though. Javon said Chris Godwin ran the wrong route, uh, caused the pick. Yeah, he did. He definitely did, man. I mean, that Marcus Williams interception, I mean, I don't know. That was that was just pathetic. Perriman quit on the route on the final play. Okay. Oh, it was Perriman. Okay, Perriman quit on the play. Look, man, Perriman, I mean, 
I don't think he can afford to quit on no play. I mean, as much as he stayed hurt, I think the Baltimore Ravens gambled on him. They drafted him. I think the first two years of his career, torn ACLs, like he he, he shouldn't quit on no play. Let's, let's just make that perfectly clear. Do you remember how many picks Manning threw? Yeah, 27 interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. It was something like that in his rookie year back in 1998. I definitely remember that. Jameis threw all those yards because he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in his prime. Uh, I disagree with that. I think a lot of that uh, came from the fact that he actually dug a hole for himself early in games, and he had to, uh, you know, he had to crawl back out of that hole. So there was a lot of passes down the field because they were playing catch up. That's why I think the 5,000 yards come from. I see Callaway from Tennessee made the roster. You think he sees one to three plays a game or only special teams? Did Malcolm Jenkins make the team? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did Malcolm Jenkins make the team? DA, come on, man. Of course, Malcolm Jenkins made the team. And as far as uh, Callaway, I think they got him for his special teams, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints actually use him as a downfield threat every now and then. So, but I mean, he's probably going to start off on special teams. Brian says, what are you looking forward to uh, in the season for the New Orleans Saints in your opinion? Man, to have a deep run in the playoffs. Look, look, let's not sugarcoat this, folks. I can care less about the regular season. Just make it to the playoffs. Just show me that you can win in the playoffs. All this stuff right here to me is just preliminary. I mean, it's preliminary if, if you uh, make the playoffs, but I'm, I'm I'm over this, man. Like, I'm over this. I'm over these Saints in the regular season, right? I want to see what they can do in the playoffs. That's what I want to see. Bump all these stats and, oh, Drew Brees, he had more completion. Oh, Drew Brees, threw more touchdown. Oh, Drew Brees, threw more yards. I can care less. Make a deep run in the playoffs or miss me with this season. It's just as simple as that. Miss me with this season. If you don't make a deep run in the playoffs, miss me with this season. A failure. How do you think CJ Garner-Johnson is going to do, TJ? Well, he seems like he motivated to play this season. Seems like he's, uh, he's excited about playing. I mean, you follow him on social media, so I expect big things out of him. I really do. Ramsey said, what up, TJ? Always love your show. And I try to tune in as much as I can. But sometimes you come off, um, you come on too early <laughs> during the day for me. <laughs> hey, Ramsey, uh, look, I have pop-up shop shows, man. That's what I do. Um, sometimes, like, uh, you know, I have guests on the show. And um, I have to uh, make my show, uh, you know, around the guests and what time they can do it. So, that's why, you know, we always have replay, man. Look, if you can't watch the show live, no matter to me, man. You know, as much as long as you take the time out, check out the show, I'm appreciative, okay? If you, you, you can watch live, I appreciate that. But if you can't, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. <laughs> but thank you, Ramsey. Defense cost the Bucks a bunch of games, giving up 30 points per game. Yeah, man, y'all secondary sucked. Now, I don't know, Jermaine, I don't know if you're a, you're a Buck fan or not, but y'all secondary suck, okay? Offense was good. 
secondary suck. Hopefully y'all got that straight. Wait to see how many interceptions Brady throws under Bruce Arias. <laughs> Gonna be interesting. Gonna be interesting. Daniel Jones lit the Bucks defense up. Yeah. That's when uh he got everybody in New York excited. That was his first game as a starter. He came in the game or something like that. And he played pretty good. And did absolutely nothing since then. Uh Harris is the X Factor. Uh well, we'll see. We shall see. Brady will throw way more picks this year in Arian's offense. Yeah, I mean, first year probably going to be tough for uh, for time. We'll see, though. We'll see. A lot of weapons. Defense lost the Seahawks game, too. Hey, did the def- did the did the offense lose many ga- any game? I can remember uh, the game out in London. You know what I'm saying? I, can, I, I remember them games. I, I mean, I can remember, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jameis throwing five picks. So, I mean, it wasn't just the defense. Yeah, Danny Dimes got his nickname on us. That was when Vernon Hargreaves and MJ Stewart were starting. Yeah, Vernon Hargreaves, I think he ended up getting cut or getting traded to the to the, the Texans. And I mean, that was man, y'all talking about a bus. My goodness. Hey TJ, I think in this Sunday game against Tampa Bay, the Saints defense is going to be the difference. Oh, yeah, they better be. And this got to be a disciplined game too, Ramsey. It got to be disciplined because you don't have fans in the stands. You don't have fans cheering you and singing your praises. Like, you got to be mentally prepared for this game. And I, I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see the defense step up. I want to see that defense that everybody's been talking about and all the beat writers for the New Orleans Saints have been talking about and all the turnovers that they have. Now, we're about to learn two things. Is rather the defense has stepped up and turned the corner or Drew Brees has regressed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth because all I'm hearing is Drew Brees, uh, you know, what I'm saying turn over the ball to PJ, turn over the ball to Kay Nellis. He turned over. You know, it's rather the defense has improved or Drew Brees regressed. So this might be the best year or it could be the worst. Something, but something's got to give. Uh, Jameis didn't throw a pick against the Seahawks, but the defense couldn't stop anybody, and the Bucks lost the overtime coin toss, and it was a wrap. Yeah, man. I mean, but it was just, I mean, you need consistency at the quarterback position, Javon. I mean, you can talk about defense all day, but you need consistency, man. I mean, a team got to believe that you're not going to turn over the ball, okay? Sometimes a quarterback just not going to have a good day. And it, I mean, the defense is going to have to step up, but also sometimes the defense is not going to have a good day and the offense is going to have to step up. It can't be too lacking, you know, too lacking size. You can't lack on offense and defense. I want the Winston versus the Rams. Yeah. He lit it up. Then get about 40 yards, about four or five touchdowns. Yeah. If he can play like that every, every week, my goodness, might be MVP. I heard Brady was wearing disguises, uh, taping our practices, deflating those balls. <laughs> I hope not. Our boys, Borrow and Lamb, will rock it out this season. Well, I hope so. You know, I'm, I'm cheering for both guys. 
uh, C.D. Lamb uh, for the Cowboys, who I feel like I can't believe I'm saying this. Cowboys might be one of the best teams in the league this season. <laughs> but they might be one of the best teams in the league, man. I'm not going to hate. I like Mike McCartney. You know what I'm saying? I hate the decision that he made. I think the Cowboys might be for real, man. Looking looking at them, and I, I just was hoping and wishing that they kept Jason Garrett because I just knew they weren't going to get over the hump with him. But, I, I mean, McCartney won a Super Bowl, so. And they might be one of them teams that nobody talking about. Hey, TJ, any plans on getting uh, Matt Moscona on your show anytime soon? Uh, I don't, I'm sorry, Ramsey. I don't even know who that is. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. Um, he's welcome on the show. You know, I can reach out to him, uh, but I never heard of him, you know, and maybe that's not a good start of, of asking somebody to come on your show. But I've just never heard of him. I just never heard of him. But um, I would love to have him on the show, you know, talk to him, you know. I'm open to talk to anybody, as y'all already know. Seahawks game was a good game for James. Uh, T-Tom says, hey, what up, TJ? I have a question. Why would they let go keep Washington? Do you think it was a huge mistake by the squad to let him go? Nah, he on a practice squad. They only waived him, okay? You – you can cut a player and you can waive a player. Okay. When you waive a player, that means uh, within a certain amount of time, if a team doesn't sign that player, you can re-sign him. Okay. You have to have a 53 man roster, right? You got to have the guys on the list and then you got the guys that, you know, that you have to let go and you waive those guys. If you making about possibly bringing them back. So they waived them. But once he cleared waivers, they brought him back. So he's on a practice squad. He's still with the team. So a lot of people agree with what you're saying. Uh, um, I know my boy Ross, uh, who's on the show with Deuce Wenham. I know he's a real big fan of uh, of Keith Washington. So, yeah, glad to see him back. Number two favorite NFL team. I don't have a number two favorite NFL team. I'm a Saints fan. Okay, I mean, period. I mean, all the rest of the teams, uh, you know, I have a favorite player, as y'all know, is Russell Wilson. But another favorite NFL team? Absolutely not. Favorite? Can't put favorite. Like, nah. Uh-uh. No. Hey, uh, they must. What up, boy? My son just walked into the room. I thought you were asleep. I did, too. I got my son. You coming? You want everybody to see? Come here. I got my son right here. Say hey to everybody. Got my son right here. All right, tell everybody on the mic. Uh, <laughs> as a Saints fan, uh, if fans get to be in the stadium during any week, please don't play Chopper Styles. I don't know, man. That, that song go pretty hard, man. We can't. We can't. Get rid of uh, Chopper Styles, man. It's better than stand up and get crunk. Better than that, right? I wonder what a regress season for Drew Brees will look like. I hope he uh, starts the season hot. Yeah, me too. I hope so. I hope so. Jamaica says, hey, handsome. They talking about you, man. Yeah, you wave at him. Say, hey, you going to wave? You going to wave at everybody? Sorry, folks. Uh, he usually more lively than that. He was asleep earlier. 
Raise that boy right. Better be a Saints fan. Yeah, he better be. You a Saints fan? Hmm? Say yeah. All right. <laughs> Miguel said, what up, little man? A lie. I'm going to chop up every touchdown. My my wife is making my son say no to the fact that he won't be a Saints fan. So <gasps> we... Like my, my wife don't have a dog in the fight. Okay. She, she, she don't even watch football like that. So she's making my son say, no, he definitely going to be a same fan. Right. The host. Right. That's that what we're saying. We saying, yeah, the host. You going to say, yeah. Well, not you. He looking at my wife. From what I've seen, <laughs> the youngsters can ball. Keep watching. <laughs> Looks like he's the real deal. Uh, y'all make me sick. Uh, <laughs> Key Washington. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be pretty good, man. I think he's gonna be the future, uh, you know, uh, slot corner for the Saints. <laughs> uh, let me see. TJ's uh, son shirt. I'm as white as your own shirt. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, TJ's son shirt for the two dollars donation. Uh, Ghostface says Paxton already has a podcast, the World of the Saints podcast. <laughs> yeah, he the co-host, man. Y'all know he, he he comes in every now and then to be a part of the show. Uh, definitely, definitely my co-host right here, right, buddy? A high five. All right, yeah, that's my co-host right here. I believe we will get off to a great start. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I hope they do because. They have chemistry on their side, uh, Jerome. They got chemistry on their side. They have that over most of the teams in NFC South for the exception of, of the Falcons. So, yeah, they should start strong. Uh, he's the host of After Further Review Show in Baton Rouge alone with Mike Dettilli. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't I didn't know his name. I, I definitely know about After Further Review. Yeah, Packer, we know about that. Uh, speaking of which, man, Mike Dettier is going to be on my show uh, tomorrow morning. So y'all check it out, man. He's going to be on the show tomorrow morning. So uh, it's crazy, right? But I definitely know who Mike Dettier is. I mean, I've been listening to Mike and um, Bobby A. Bear, you know, a second guest show out there every Monday after, uh, you know, after Saints games on Sunday. You know, I always check them out. So Mike Dettier will be on the show tomorrow. Just never, just never had him on there. And like I said, man, I apologize I definitely am familiar with with his show after further review, man. I check it out all the time on YouTube. So, yeah. Travis 504 says, who that? I heard Von Miller is likely out for the season. So if the Saints are planning on getting a pass rush, they stop dragging their feet. Oh, man, that that sucks if Von Miller is out for the season, man. I actually like Von Miller. Uh, You know, I don't think he's what he he once was, but. Um, he's still a very respectable uh, pass rusher in the National Football League. That would suck for the Denver Broncos if he's out for the season. TJ's son. Thank you, son. Thank you for the $2. Says, how come it ain't no food in this room? I want candy. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, TJ's son. Actually, Pat don't really like candy like that. Like, he, he eats, um, if you ever heard of popcorn, it's like the little, you know, the popcorn that doesn't have kernels in there. That's, that's his favorite right there. But he doesn't eat candy. Like He really doesn't eat candy. And he's very selective on what he eats. I mean, it, we had a very, very hard time, like, getting him to eat anything. Like, really. Like, it got to a point where we thought we'd have to take him to a doctor because 
you know, we thought like maybe, you know, he was having issues like with his throat or whatever like that. But now, you know, I mean, he likes Chef Boride, but not really much, not too much a candy person. You a candy person? No. No. Okay. Pac-Man is the next uh, Deontay Harris, fastest little baby alive. I think I kind of agree with that, man, because I'm having a hard time catching up with him now, you know? I mean, he runs pretty fast. You know, I I, I think he, he's going to be fast, man. And uh, <laughs> and his A&I coordination is pretty doggone good for a one-year-old. Uh, I feel it in my soul. We beating all the odds. I hope so. Oh, my goodness. I hope so. I, I can't take too much disappointment. TJ's son stopped being picky. Well, it's just him, you know. That's, that's what he does, right, buddy? It's all good, though. Uh, do you think Sean Payton will be balanced this year, similar to our Super Bowl year? I hope so. You know, I keep—I know I keep on saying I hope so, but, I, I mean, it's, it's just all, all of you are saying things that I hope the Saints do. Uh, we know that the Saints, uh, when they were a top five rushing attack, we know they were pretty doggone good. Right, Packy? Well, you weren't alive when it was, uh, you know, when they won the Super Bowl. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, they had a top five rushing attack when they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah. He's a real Saints fan, very selective. Yeah, he, he definitely he, he definitely a Saints fan. Yeah, he, he definitely going to be a Saints fan. I know we're around Carolina Panther territory, but don't get it twisted. Yeah, uh, Peyton was disrespectful to that reporter. What, what did he say to the reporter? I gotta I gotta go back. Somebody tell me what he said to a reporter. I can see Paxton as a wide receiver for the Saints. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a long way from now, you know. So I don't know. Whatever he wants to do, you know, like I would like to introduce him to like different sports and activities and stuff like that, but it's up to him if he wants, you know, decides what he wants to do. Tom Benson Superdome. I don't think I think I think they're gonna end up getting a sponsor, man. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with Tom Benson Superdome, but it's about making money, man. And if you can put a sponsor on your stadium, I think you want to do it. Like TJ said, Peyton stopped trying to make the offense look sexy when it already is. I don't care about a sexy offense. I just want them to win. That's what I want. I just want I just want results. That's it. Are you all right? All right. You had a one cough minimum now. You know, two cough, they look at you funny. <laughs> uh, I ain't the average one-year-old. Y'all be respecting me. Well, TJ's son, thank you very much for the $2. Yeah, he definitely not an average one-year-old to me. I ain't never seen a one-year-old have that can catch like he can. Like, I ain't never seen nothing like that before in my life. Like, I throw him a football, and I mean, he has, like, great hand-eye coordination. And it's not like how – you just throw a ball like right close to him. Like he he, he a good little bit away for, for his age and he catches. So man, he might have a, a future wide receiver, a cornerback up in here somewhere. TJ, keep being the best dad that you can be. Your family is in my prayers. I appreciate that, Ramsey. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, you know, I try to do, I try to be a good father, man, because you know, I mean. I didn't grow up without a father. You know, I had my uh, my grandfather. I had my uncles and stuff like that, man. But that would motivate me to be the best dad that I can be, you know, to be the best father that I can be 
for him. You know, like nothing else is more important than me being a good father and a good husband. You know, you ready to get down? All right. Don't be messing with the keyboard now. All right. But anyway, you know, that, that motivates me to be the best father I can be for him, you know, because I love him that much. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just want, you know, it, it's different, you know what I'm saying, when you're raising a young man. I mean, you want him to respect women. You also want to have him, you know, being an upstanding person in society. So I love him, man. Like, I, I love him with everything that I have, man. There's nothing more important in my life than this little boy right here and my wife, you know, real, you know, I put God first and God gives me the strength to be the best that I can be for them. Okay. So when I get behind here, I mean, I think about them and that will motivate me to be the best that I can be. So anybody that, that loves the state of the saints podcast and wonder where my motivation comes from, I mean, look no further than this little boy right here and my wife. But um, I'm about to go ahead and get up out of here. I'm going to ask a few more questions here. Shamika says, uh, Kimberly Michelle, she always does. I love her. John says, I can't wait for the Lattimore-Evans matchup. Marshawn gets that boy, that man frustrated. Yeah, man, he, he was frustrated on that top 100. <laughs> uh, Jamal says, TJ's son better not have them tag in hands. I doubt that very highly. Best to mess around with me. I won't allow that. You're going to be catching about 80% of your catches if you uh, become a wide receiver, my friend. And then we're going to go ahead and um, finish that up with says, those are some heavy true words, TJ. Yeah, it's just the truth, man. I love them. And as my son tries to grab the mouse, I want to say thank you all very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, be sure to check us out on uh, Facebook.com. Search The State of the Saints podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast also previous episodes of the state of the saints podcast are available on itunes spotify iHeartRadio. please subscribe to one of the streaming apps folks i cannot encourage you enough okay we're trying to build the audio podcast okay if you want to help the state of the saints podcast you're not you know you don't have to donate or anything like that i appreciate the donations and stuff like that but if you really want to help the podcast grow, I'm asking you to please subscribe and follow one of the streaming apps. OK, we're definitely trying to grow that. So thank you all very much. Uh, I'll be back with you later on this week. Uh, we have Mike to on the show tomorrow and um, look forward to, uh, you know, all the news and rumors of New Orleans Saints leading us up to week one versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Till next time. All I got to say is who that?